Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Phoenix, Arizona today with my new friend Kelsa Dickey at PhysicalFitnessPHX.com. Kelsa moved to Phoenix a decade ago for a job opportunity, and she loves the weather and convenience of living in a big, clean city. In this episode, we talk about Kelsa's favorite places to hike, her tips on how to stay safe on the trails, and then where to eat and drink after working up an appetite. You hear about these three great stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash phoenix. Now let's get started. This episode is sponsored in part by the Dosh Cashback app. You know how much I love using miles and points when I travel, but using rewards isn't always an option due to blackout dates or when the whole hotel requires just way too many points for our stay. That's why I've been loving Dosh's new hotel booking functionality. Their rates are extremely competitive, and there are over 600,000 hotels to choose from around the world. Best of all, you can earn up to 20% cash back per night. That's cold hard cash in your pocket that you can use for anything. With all the travel I do, I've quickly earned a significant amount of money which I'm using to pay down our mortgage and save for our future. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Dosh to download the Dosh Cashback app today and start booking your hotels. Plus, you can get cash back at thousands of merchants that they partner with. Use the promo code TIMMY for a little something extra when you open up your free account. Hey, Kelsa, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. This is actually our second episode talking about Phoenix, so glad to have a, a different perspective on the city. Yeah, thanks. I loved the first one about Camelback Mountain. I love Camelback Mountain, and I thought it would be cool to provide some other options for people. So what's your connection to the city? What brought you to Phoenix? We have been here, my husband and I, 11 years now. I was transferred for my job at the time. We thought it would just be temporary, that maybe we'd be here for like two to three years, and then I would get promoted and we would move someplace else. But we love the city. Shortly after we moved here, his parents retired and moved out here. We're from Michigan originally. And then about five years later, his sister and brother-in-law moved out here. They actually live about eight doors down from us. So now it just feels like this is our second home. So we actually <laughs> say we have two homes because I always call Michigan home and I call Phoenix home too. You guys were the guinea pigs as far as testing out the waters in Arizona. Exactly. Then... <laughs> I think that's what happened. Other than family, is there anything else that really kind of kept you there in Phoenix? I love the weather. I mean, it's sunny most days of the year. Uh, we get very little rain because we're in the desert. But I think my favorite thing about Arizona in general is that there are all four seasons in the state. So while Phoenix is sunny most days and the weather is beautiful, you can drive two hours north and see mountains and pine trees and snow and go sledding and go skiing and you can get fall colors. And so if you ever miss it, you really are just a short drive away. I also love how active the community is here. So there's always people biking, walking, hiking, playing outside. I mean, we're really lucky that we have such beautiful weather that we can do that pretty much all year round. Nice. Okay. And and obviously you've been there for more than a decade. And so based on that, like you've kind of gotten a little bit more familiar with the heat in the summertime and stuff like that. But for people that are coming there to visit for maybe the first time, are there certain times of the year that are better to visit than others? Absolutely. March is definitely peak season here. It's also when the spring training games happen. So you can go to Florida and catch spring training baseball games, or you can also come to Phoenix. So we've got a number of teams here. You can catch, you know, a baseball game for 10 bucks, sit in the lawn. It's beautiful. The weather is perfect in March. It's like sunny, but not so sunny that you don't want to be outside and it's not too hot. So it's beautiful in March. Okay. Uh, since you've been there for so long now, if you had to describe the people or like the city in general in like one or two words, how would you do that? Eclectic. So everybody here is typically quite transient. So the fact that we've been here for 11 years is actually pretty unique. Typically people do move here for a short period of time and then move someplace else. 
there's very few people that are born and raised in Phoenix and still live here. So it's always one of those things where when you're talking to somebody, if you say, oh, where are you from? And they say Phoenix, it's just sort of an astonishment. Um, (laughs) Really, everybody asks that question because everybody is from someplace else. Um, A lot of Midwest people, a lot of California people, Washington state. So it's really neat for that reason. In some sense, I think it makes it people don't build really strong relationships here sometimes, I think, because of that, which is unfortunate. You know, you might not live in your house for 10 years, let's say, and so you don't form a great relationship with your neighbor necessarily because everybody's sort of moving or quite transient. So that's that's the unfortunate thing, but it is kind of neat just to talk to people from all over. Okay. And, and a way to try to overcome that, how do you make those like long friendships then? Well, <laughs> we're from the Midwest, so we can talk to anybody. We're going to probably be <laughs> friends with everybody. And so, I mean, we've built really great relationships with our n- neighbors, no matter where we've lived, but that's also very much a Midwest thing. And so, um, you know, if you've got all of your neighbors are from, you know, let's say LA or someplace, you know, one of the bigger cities in California, they're not always that way. And, and I feel like our job is to sort of bring that out of them, bring the Midwest out of them, if you will. And so we really just try hard to just form relationships and, you know, with the internet and virtual meetings now and cell phones. And I mean, it doesn't really matter where people live after a while. If they move, you can still keep a a friendship with them. Absolutely. And I think everybody needs neighbors just like you. Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when people are thinking of coming to Phoenix, there's just the one major airport there, correct? There's one major airport, so that's Phoenix Sky Harbor, and then there's a smaller one in Gilbert called Mesa Gateway, which is a smaller one. You can fly, I think it's Allegiant Air through that, and it flies to a number of cities. I don't know all of them, but so you might want to check out that one too. That's one of those airlines where you know you have to pay for every little thing, like you have to pay if they print your boarding pass for you, so you want to make sure you either have the app or you take it with you. But if you know how to game the system or if you're really only ever taking a carry-on bag, let's say, sometimes those flights you can find for really inexpensive. That's good. That's good to know. All right. And so whether you're flying into Phoenix or or Mesa, do you need to get rent a car or is it public transportation? What's the best way to get around? There is Lyft and Uber everywhere here. So you definitely don't need to rent a car if you're planning to stay in the Valley. There's also the scooters and the bikes and those sorts of things everywhere that you can rent. Phoenix is quite expansive in like how large it is. And then a lot of people too maybe want to drive up to Sedona or Flagstaff. They maybe want to go to the Grand Canyon. So if that's the case, you are going to want to rent a car. There are shuttles that can take you from Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport up to Sedona, let's say, but you're going to pay for that anyway. It might just make sense to rent a car. Sure, sure. And today we're going to talk a lot about some of the hikes that are there in in Phoenix. And, And so in order to do them, would we need to rent a car? Is that the best way to do it? Or... Can we get an Uber back and forth? Because sometimes, you know, you go out to the the trails or the mountains and uh, the cell service may not be very good. I purposely chose some that are a little bit further out of the valley. So the very first one, South Mountain Park, you could do an Uber or a Lyft too. And that it's very close to the airport, pretty easy to get to. Um, the other two are a little bit further out. You probably want to drive just in case. But the second one, Usury Mountain Park, you'll have great cell phone service. So that one, you won't have any problems. Cave Creek Regional Park that we're going to talk about third is pretty out there. So that's one that I would probably drive to. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so uh, since we kind of intro those uh, those three hikes, let's uh, let's kind of get right into them. You picked these three. Uh, is there a reason why those kind of stood out more than the other ones? 
Yeah. So Camelback Mountain is definitely the most popular. When you fly into Phoenix, it's right in the middle of the city. You can see that mountain. It's pretty iconic in a way. And there are a lot of hikers on that mountain. Um, It's very popular. And so I purposely chose ones that are really easy to access. They're great for families. So we'll talk about that. They're not as hard of a climb typically as Camelback, but they also get a really good workout, easy to find. You know, really what a lot of people don't tell you about when you're going hiking is that the trailhead is not always easily marked. So you're walking like in between two houses and there's just this random trailhead that you have to kind of know where it's at. So it's important, I think, to talk to locals, do some searches, read some of the forums online about hiking trails so that you know where you're going. But all of these ones, I really wanted to find ones that were accessible to brand new hikers because Camelback is really not for somebody brand new to hiking, but also maybe want to get a little bit of a workout in or a good hike in. That's really good. I mean, I know I travel a lot with my kids and they're pretty young. They're four and eight right now when we're recording this. And my son is eight and he could probably just sprint straight up the mountain, you know, (laughs) and have a problem. But my four-year-old, yeah, she would probably have a little bit of problems at this point. You know, and so that's really good that we have some ones that are a little bit more accessible and a little bit more on the, on the beginner stage. Yeah, I have two three-year-olds, so we want to get them used to hiking or going to the the trailhead and knowing that it's what it's just a very slow pace. You're not really in a hurry, that kind of thing. But some of them are just so busy and populated like Camelback that it's not the best one to take a kid to. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, especially for the listeners that may not be familiar, Phoenix is in a desert and there are, <laughs> <laughs> there are cactus around and you definitely don't want to bump into any of those. Right. So let's uh, talk about the first one, uh, South Mountain Park. Yeah, South Mountain, it's the largest national park when it comes to the length of the trails. So there are so many different trails. I'm just going to highlight a couple of them. The first one is Pima Canyon Trailhead, and it's easy to get to. There's plenty of parking typically. Um, You can find it very easily. There's beautiful wildflowers. The trailhead itself, there's a bathroom right at the base of the trailhead. So if you've got kids, that's pretty handy. The trail itself is extremely wide, easy path to follow. So that's the other thing with some trails. You have to be careful because they're not always easily marked or sometimes you can find yourself a little lost. So that is not the case with South Mountain. It's really great. It is popular, but because it's so large, you really don't notice that there's like tons of people on the trail because you can be so spread out. So Pima Canyon Trailhead is 48th Street and in its South Phoenix. So you're going to want to kind of look in that area, but it's easy to find. You can put it in your GPS and it'll get you there. And like I said, plenty of parking. There's a little condo community right across the street that you can park in and you know that's free. So if it runs out of parking, there's plenty of overflow parking right there too. That's good. Yeah. I know from, from being from LA and then also now here in Nashville, sometimes parking can be a problem and uh, you definitely don't want to pay for it if you don't have to. And so that's good to, to know that you can park across the street. Yep. It's totally free. There's also, this is a great trail for mountain bikers. So if you are bringing your mountain biking with you, when you come to visit, this has also got plenty of mountain biking trails. This one's really great for families. You can head out about half a mile or three quarters of a mile on this main trail. And it's pretty like sandy and flat for the most part. It's not huge boulders that you're climbing. So if you've got little kids, you don't have to worry about that. But it is really beautiful. You kind of feel like after you're about a half a mile in that there's not much else around. So even though you're in the middle of the city, you can easily 
forget that. And um, it's very flat until you get really far in, then you can really start to climb. But for the most part, this national trail right at the Pima Canyon trailhead is flat and really great for families. Uh, before we get into the next one, we don't want to forget that obviously there are there is wildlife in, in some of these trails and, and everything, uh, including you know rattlesnakes and and other uh, type of animals. Is there anything we should do or really focus on to make sure that we stay safe when we're hiking? Yeah, like you said, we are in the desert, so you want to pack plenty of water. Those of us who are local know that every day in the summer there's somebody getting rescued off of a trail by a helicopter because they you know didn't take enough water with them. You know, you're in the desert, so you don't realize how easily you can get dehydrated with the lack of humidity and that kind of thing. So pack plenty of water. We recommend you don't really touch a lot of things. So you don't want to touch the cactus. You don't want to stick your hand underneath a rock or anything like that. Because we do have things like scorpions that when they sting, it can really hurt. The thing with rattlesnakes is you can often hear them before you see them. So typically, if you hear the sound of a rattlesnake, you just want to stop and look around for it. Don't start moving around because you could actually move closer to it. Stop and try to find it with your eyes first. And then if you want to just kind of stand there and wait for a second, oftentimes they're going to be more scared of you. They're going to go away from you. But, you know, you really want to pause as soon as you hear that sound. That's great advice. Yeah. I mean, uh, nothing's going to ruin a vacation more than getting bit by a rattlesnake. Yeah. These trails, they are good for families. And at the same time, you don't want to let your toddler, let's say, just like run off in front of you or anything like that. It really is important. You want to have your dogs on a leash. You want to keep your kids close, you know, because they could run into something and not realize that it's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And and, uh, you made a a point that I want to make sure we emphasize. All these trails that we're talking about today are uh, pet friendly as well, right? Yes, all the ones are. You'll want to make sure that you have them on a leash. That's sort of, you know, a pet peeve of a lot of avid hikers is that there's signs everywhere that say, you know, keep your dog on a leash. And yet so many people don't do it. And especially if you are on a trail that is mountain biking friendly, you know, they come whipping around curves sometimes, or they're going to go flying over a rock. And if your dog is right there and doesn't know that they're coming, it could really cause a bad accident. Another thing is some of these trails, you know, you're stepping down off of a rock. And if the dog is right there, you know, it can really throw off your balance and you can hurt your ankle and that sort of thing. So I think it's really important for owners to keep their animals on leashes. Oh yeah. Great advice. Okay. So let's talk about the next one. Uh, Usury Mountain Regional Park. Yeah. So I just did this one on Sunday, actually. And the trail that you're going to look for is Wind Tunnel Trail. And it's about 3.2 miles of a hike. This one is a climb up and back down. So this is if you're looking at Camelback Mountain because you want the climb, this is a good alternative. So the the Wind Tunnel Trail. And it's moderate. So it's not as hard as Camelback. I feel like Camelback, you really have to mentally prepare how hard that is. A lot of people don't even make it to the top of Camelback. And there's so many people on that trail. But Usury Mountain Park, it's in East Mesa. So it's a good, you know, 20 or 30 minute drive outside of Phoenix, but a straight shot, easy to find. You are going to pay a $7 park fee to drive into it. But because of that, it's a lot less popular. It's very remote. So when you're out there, you feel like you are in the middle of nowhere. This is another one that has tons of parking. Um, You are not going to have a problem finding parking at this one. It's a beautiful setting. There's a place at the top to rest and sort of enjoy the view. It's just this big tunnel or cave that's been carved out of the mountain. And so you can head up there. You can 
relax, pack a snack, pack a sandwich, something like that. It is quite a climb. So it feels like maybe you've accomplished something, but yet the first one mile of this trail is really flat. So it's another great one to take kids to let them warm up a little bit, see if they want to maybe start the climb up. But because it's just a mile and a half up and a mile and a half down, some kids really can do it. We just did it on Sunday and there were so many kids on this trail, which is great to see, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think we definitely need to make sure that we, especially in the, today's age of iPads and cable TV and, and Hulu and Netflix and everything, get the kids out and exploring nature and, and getting them active. Yeah. And this is another one where there's a bathroom right at the base of the trail and not like a porta potty bathroom either, like a really nice bathroom, which is good. So you can wash your hands afterwards when you're off the coming off the mountain. There's not really a part of this trail where you have to scale the side of anything like you do on camelbacks. So again, it's a really good one for kids to make sure that they're hiking and learning the safety of hiking. That's great. And so Cave Creek uh, Regional Park is another one. Uh, that's the last one we talk about today. I've heard a lot of great things about Cave Creek. My Actually, my aunt lives over in Cave Creek, but I haven't gotten any of the trails. So let's, I'm excited to hear about it. Oh, I am so glad to share this one with you. This one is actually my favorite of all of them. So it's my favorite trail in the valley, which is why I wanted to include it. So Cave Creek is north of the valley. So it's, you know, a good 30 minutes, I would say drive north. But because of that, you're sort of out of the hustle and bustle a little bit. Specifically, the trail that I love is called the Go John Trail. It is a 5.9 mile loop. So once you're kind of about three miles out, you are in the middle of nowhere. And I love that. I mean, it really feels as if you're not in the middle of a city. The scenery is absolutely beautiful. There's a few benches along the trail, so you can definitely stop and rest if you need to. This is not a trail where there's a high elevation climb, but there's rolling hills throughout. So your quads, your calves, you will get a good workout, but it's more just these rolling nice little hills as opposed to like a climb up and then a climb down. Newer hikers don't realize, I think, sometimes how hard coming down is. So going up is, you know, harder on your muscles, let's say, but coming down can really challenge people with their balance or if they feel as if their balance is slightly off. It's actually going down where you're more likely to maybe like twist an ankle or slip or something like that. So for people who want to get a good workout in, but don't want to do the climb up and climb down type of trail, this is a great option because it's just the rolling hills. And there will be very few people on this trail when you go out, which is really nice. There won't be a soul in sight. The area is beautiful, lots of parking, easy to find. And this is another one because it's a regional park. There are some benefits, but you will pay a $7 park fee if, if you're driving in. Obviously, you know, it's a desert. Sometimes it's cool in the morning and it gets a little hotter in the, in the during the day. How should we rest when we're going on one of these hikes? Great question. You know, the sun is so potent here. <laughs> and so it's important to have layers or to have to be covered, you know, cover your skin, definitely pack sunscreen and plan to apply it often, especially if you're doing like the six mile hike, that's a little, you're going to be out there for a little while take a hat, something to cover your eyes. I have to hike in sunglasses just because after a while you're squinting, it can kind of cause a headache. So sunglasses, a hat. I like to wear long sleeves or long pants if when I'm first starting, and then I'll try to take it off if I'm like getting really hot and I'll just wear a tank top or something. But for the most part, protecting your skin from the sun and layers is important because if you are starting out in the morning, it can be, you know, 40, 50 degrees in the morning if you're coming in the winter, like in December or January. But then as the sun comes out, it can get pretty toasty. 
absolutely. Now we've talked about three great hikes that uh, obviously you're you're working up a working up quite an appetite. I don't want to miss out on some of the fun things, uh, some fun places to eat in Phoenix. Yeah. So, so what are uh, what are some of your top choices? Uh, well, I love sushi, so I'm going to recommend Sushi Orient, which is in Chandler. And I love this place because it has an all-you-can-eat sushi option. So you can pay, I want to say it's like $24, and you ju- they just keep bringing you sushi. And there's a little menu. You can kind of choose what types of rolls you want. And it's not just sushi. You can choose soup and all sorts of different dishes. But, of course, sushi is what I like to do. So Sushi Orient in Chandler. Nice. Yeah, my, my my wife is all about the sushi. So when we come out to Phoenix, we'll have to check that one out. All right. What about uh, like dessert or, or breakfast? What do you think about those? Oh, let's see. So breakfast, I would say hitting up Snooze. It's a breakfast only establishment. There's locations all over the valley, so you can check out Tempe, Gilbert, Scottsdale has has some as well. But Snooze, they've got great Bloody Marys. If you like Bloody Marys, you can get one with like two strips of bacon in it. So if you like bacon, then (laughs) bacon and Bloody Marys, it's amazing. Uh, They also have mimosas, but they, I mean, they have a huge menu and it's all breakfast food. It's amazing. Hey, bacon makes everything better. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, What about dessert? You did a six mile hike. You deserve a little bit of dessert, right? Yeah. My favorite is a place called Cremistry in downtown Gilbert, which is just a sort of a city or a town on the east side of the Phoenix Valley. And I love their sea salt caramel ice cream. So I'm a huge ice cream fan. So their sea salt caramel ice cream is amazing. That sounds delicious. So you, you've given us some great hikes and some great places to check out for food uh, when we're done with our hike. Now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in Phoenix, where should they go and what should they eat? Yeah, I know I said it once, but Sushi Orient would be my choice. So I am just a huge sushi fan. Um, most people don't think of getting fish in the desert, but this restaurant is great. Really friendly staff. It's typically busy. So get there a little early having, you know, the all you can eat sushi option. I think that's kind of unique. And so I love, I love being able to kind of get a few different rolls and not worry about it. Yeah. Plus like the frugal aspect. I like being able to pay just like a a known price and get as much as I want. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's not, I don't know like what most people would consider, you know, all you can eat sushi to cost, but I think like 24, 25 bucks for all you can eat sushi is actually not that bad. It's easy to spend that on sushi anyway. Absolutely. So, okay, so you've lived in Phoenix for over a decade. What's one of your most memorable stories? Well, since we're talking about hiking and you already brought up that sort of thing on the trail, it was actually my first time hiking at South Mountain and I saw a rattlesnake. I don't know that that's something you'll ever forget and it definitely stays with you. And sure enough, I heard it long before I saw it. It was actually smack in the middle of the trail, luckily. So it was really easy to spot, but it was a mom rattlesnake and a baby rattlesnake. And that mom was ready to attack. So everybody gave it space that ended up kind of going off the trail and everybody just sort of waited for it to get really far away. And then you just kind of went along your with your day and with your with your hike. But I don't know. That sound is something you can never forget. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Yeah, I would. I would be. <laughs> there's not a lot of things I'm afraid of, but that is one that uh, definitely is high on the list. And I will say, I mean, I we go hiking all the time. You know, every weekend or every other weekend, and that is the only time I've ever seen a rattlesnake. So, um, I mean, I've seen scorpions. Those are that's just not that big of a deal to locals anymore. But that's the only time I've ever seen a rattlesnake. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, for somebody like you that hikes all the time, 
if you only see a rattlesnake like once, yeah. for all the hikes, then the odds that somebody that's listening to the show come out there to do a hike, uh, they're probably not going to see one either. Yeah, and a lot of the times the rattlesnakes are coming out in the summer when they're in search of water. That's It's really normal that that's when you're going to see them. And a lot of people aren't out hiking in the heat of summer, right? So when it's at its peak where rattlesnakes are going to be out, your ch- chances are you're not out anyway. So it's not that bad. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Speaking of happier times, uh, we don't want to think about rattlesnakes. What's the happiest happy hour in Phoenix? I love a little place called Tipsy Cactus. Tipsy Cactus bottle shop and wine room. And it is technically in Mesa, but it's in a part of Mesa that is on the west side. So it's actually right where Chandler, Gilbert, Tempe, and Mesa all come together in a point, and that's where Tipsy Cactus is. So it's pretty centrally located. It is a beer and wine place. They've got great happy hour specials. They have great deals like all day, every day. So anytime you go is great, but they always have a food truck there. They don't serve food themselves. So they always have a different food truck parked outside that you can get food and take it in. They actually allow you to bring food in from any place that you want. So if you want to go to Subway or if you want to go to some place right before and just bring in food while you enjoy your drink, they don't care, which I really like. It's very laid back. They've only got a couple of TVs. So if you're looking for like a sports bar, this is not where you want to go. They actually don't like giving out the Wi-Fi password to people. It's a neighborhood bar, and they really want to encourage you to talk with the person next to you. They don't want you on your phone the whole time, so they want you sitting at the bar and having a conversation, and I just love the vibe of it. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, hurry up, take your Instagram pictures, get your selfie done, and set the phone down, hang out and talk with people. Exactly. The owners are there, you know, almost every night. They live local. They're just, it's a really cool hangout. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is uh, hit up the local pepperoni pizza place. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the best pepperoni pizza in town? Yeah, actually the place that you want to go, and it's actually close to the airport, which is nice. So if you're flying into Sky Harbor and you've got some time to kill, you can get a Lyft or an Uber to Pizza People Pub. I mean, if you just search for it online, I think it has like 700 five-star reviews or something like that. It's amazing. Again, great vibe and really great pizza. Now, you travel quite a lot, and obviously you've been back and forth to Michigan and, and Phoenix and every place else. What's one of your best travel tips? Yeah, something that my husband and I started doing really early on, we do travel a ton, and especially with kids, it's easy to forget something. So we have this rule that we can't get upset until after we realized we've forgotten the fourth thing. So the idea is that for the first three things you realize you forget, you can't get mad about it. This really does change your whole perspective because I think it's most likely that you will forget something. So as soon as you realize it, we're just like, oh, that's number one. And then you just kind of move on very quickly. And then if you realize you forgot a second thing, you're like, oh, that's number two. And you move on. And chances are you'll never actually get to the fourth thing anyway. But the nice thing about that is that you're never getting upset or beating yourself up, especially nowadays. Chances are if you're traveling someplace, you can pick up whatever you need, right? And so it tends to not be that big of a deal if you're a bit of a perfectionist or a control freak or you know, wanting everything to be perfect when you travel. I think this is a great trick just to make it so that you don't sweat the small stuff. No, that's a great attitude to have. And like you said, worst case, you could just uh, have it on Amazon and, and get it the next day anyways. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, right on. Well, well Kelsa, thank you for being on the show and I really appreciate all your tips for, for Phoenix and all the great hiking there is in, in town and the great restaurants. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how people can reach you. Yeah. So I am a financial coach. My husband and I own our own financial coaching practice. So you can check that out at fiscal fitness 
phx.com. We've got a podcast called the Fiscal Fitness Podcast. We share ways to do free activities such as hiking, all these different ways that you can enjoy yourself without spending money. And then we also teach financial coaches how to become better financial coaches under the Financial Coach Academy, which is a course we created about five years ago. And so that's where you can find me. Right on. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you on social media, what's the best channel? Uh, We are on Facebook, so you can just search Fiscal Fitness Phoenix on Facebook or Instagram. We also have a Facebook group, which is pretty active. Uh, Do a lot of live videos in there, lots of sharing of ideas, and that is the Fiscal Fitness Group. Awesome. Kelso, glad you've been on the show, and thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much for having me. Let me know if you want to go for a hike next time you're here. Big thanks to Kelsa for coming out to the show and sharing her awesome tips for Phoenix, Arizona. Show her some love by visiting her site at fiscalfitnessphx.com and following her on Facebook at fiscalfitnessphx. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Phoenix, Arizona. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Phoenix. We want to say thank you to Dosh for being our sponsor of today's episode. When you aren't using hotel points to book your stay, check out the Dosh Cashback app to earn up to 40% cash back at over 600,000 hotels around the world. That's money you can use to have more fun while traveling or sock away towards your next trip. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Dosh to download the Dosh Cashback app today to start booking your hotels. And when you register your credit cards at with Dosh, you'll automatically receive cash back when dining or shopping at participating restaurants and retailers. Use the promo code Timmy to let them know we sent you. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best trips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Cape Cod, Massachusetts with professional photographer Lisa Morales of lisamorales.com. Cape Cod is known as a popular summertime destination. It has quaint villages to explore, seafood shacks for snacking, and interesting lighthouses that guide the way. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 